Eagles Entertainment. You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day, and we're recapping the Super Bowl as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 450. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles loss in Super Bowl 57 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, what did we see on both sides of the football? Both Greg and I were at the game on Sunday night. Since then, we both have gone through the tape on both sides. So what did we see from the tape? What did we see live? We're going to get into all of that on both sides of the football. A lot to take away from this game. I Obviously, no preview, uh, so a little bit of a truncated episode here with Greg and I. But we will also talk about some of the turnover uh, this Eagles team is going to face. Obviously, not just in free agency, but also in the coaching ranks as well, as both uh, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen have both been hired away as head coaches here on Tuesday afternoon officially. So uh, we will dive into that as well on the back end of that conversation with Greg. Uh, That said, let's get into our conversation now. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, please be joined once again by my friend Greg Cosell here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast for some Chalk Talk. And Greg, uh, our final game recap of the 2022 season for this Philadelphia Eagles football team, a team that will go down as one of the best teams in franchise history, and some will say uh, the best team in franchise history, even though they could not win the Super Bowl. And we're going to dive into uh, what we saw not just on Sunday night watching the game in person, but uh, also from going through the film in the last couple days. Yeah, I mean, too bad the game couldn't have stopped at halftime, Fran. You know, it looked pretty good at that point. Yeah, uh, there was no question. Uh, let's start um, on offense. You know, there, I really there's two sides to talk about here, right? The offense and the defensive performance. And I think when you look at the offense, I mean, the, the big takeaway has to be the way that Jalen Hurts played. It was one of the best games I've seen from Jalen. Maybe the argue the, the biggest uh, game I've seen from Jalen, especially considering the stage. I don't know what you thought uh, going back and seeing the tape, but and watching it live. Yeah, I mean, I thought he played well in both counts. I mean, you know, watching it, being in the stadium and seeing it, I thought he played well. Um, you know, seeing the tape, I thought he he also played well. Um, you know, they clearly made it a Jalen Hurts game, uh, which was very interesting to me because, uh, you know, in the first half they ran 44 plays. He, he threw the ball 22 times, and there were 10 designed runs. So 32 of the 44 plays in the first half – with Jalen Hurts plays. And, you know, obviously that's a very, very high number. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you, when you look at uh, run game, pass game, just, you know, obviously the focal point of the offense uh, got to a point where he, he was carrying this team. I just, you know, if they, if they win that game, the the uh, the run on the two point conversion at the end of the game to tie it uh, will go down as you know, just a, a legendary play in Eagles history. Just a Herculean effort uh, on his part to to force his way into the end zone. But to me, some of the throws he made uh, in this game because Kansas City they came in. Uh, you could tell you know with some of the rush plans and some of the things that they did up front to try and force Jalen to his left, try and force him to to beat them with his arm. Uh, and he showed up time and time again, made some big time throws uh, in this game. Some of the plays to Dallas Goddard in the 
second half on third down. The play to Zach Pascal in the first half, rolling to his left, um, you know, yeah. after making the defensive end miss. I mean, he made some uh, big time throws in this game, which to me, just a, just a great sign. Again, on a national stage, on the biggest of stages, to be able to do that, uh, I think it's just a, a great sign for his future development. No, I agree. He made some really big time throws. Um, made some second reaction plays, which I thought were very impressive. I thought on the on the first series, the the twenty three yarder to Smith, which was the second reaction play because he was really looking for Goddard in the flat, and he chose not to throw that. And then he had a move and he hit Smith um, to Pascal nine yards on third and nine on the fourth fourth possession. He had to beat free rushers off the edge, and then you know obviously the two throws to Goddard. Um, which I believe were in the third quarter, yep. if I'm not mistaken, yep, on that long drive, um, were really big-time throws. So, no, he, he threw the ball well. Uh, he, I thought he was in control. You know, and then all the design runs, I mean, you, you know, that 28 yards on the quarterback draw on fourth and five um, on their fifth possession. You know, as I said, they made this a Jalen Hurts game, and he, he certainly uh, he answered the bell very, very well. You know, Jeff Schwartz tweeted something out on Tuesday. Uh, former NFL offensive lineman was on the show last week uh, previewing the game, Greg. And, um, you know, he made the point. I, I think the, the, the point was right, is that this was not a game where I look at and say, oh, the, you know, the Chiefs defense just did not play well. I thought the Chiefs, the game plan was sound. Uh, I thought the execution was very good. What they did up front against the Eagles run game was, was strong. Uh, against the Eagles RPO game, there were some plays that Willie Gay made in this game where uh, he kind of muddied up the read for Jalen Hurts. You know, initially pressed the line of scrimmage before uh, that athleticism really showed out getting into the pass lane you talked about that second reaction throw to Devonte smith that 23 yarder on the catch and run um you know he jalen wants to pull the trigger there uh, but the 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 uh the throwing lane is a little bit cloudy because of gay's presence there after initially showing run read so uh, i think when you look at the way that kansas city came out and played this game i thought their game plan was pretty sound there were some plays certainly that uh the eagles had to make some throws that jalen hurts had to make that catch by aj brown down the field just some outstanding individual reps but i wouldn't look at this as like oh the, the chiefs defense played really poorly and the eagles took advantage I think that both both sides of the ball there uh, really came out and showed one of their best efforts of the season. Um, you know, and the Eagles just made a ton of really impressive plays uh, despite that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Spags did, did some pressure deals, yep. all different kinds of pressures, um, including some you know four man zone exchange type pressures. Um, but he also had some blitz pressures, five man played some zero at times. Um, I actually thought that one of uh, Hertz's best throws of the game was the one versus zero down the field that Watkins uh, uh, easily could have caught and did not. I mean, it was a tough catch, but it was very catchable, obviously. Um, you know, that, I thought that was a really big-time throw under duress because, you know, Bolton, who I on that play was spying, which he did numerous times, but he saw the A-gap open right up, and he just went. Um, but they used Bolton as a spy a number of times. On the fourth and five that I mentioned, he was a spy, and, and Hurts beat him. Uh, so, no, I thought that Spags did a number of things, uh, and, you know, and obviously some were successful, but I thought the Eagles, um, you know, offense, uh, and it was predominantly Hurts. I mean, you know, even though I think they had 17 carries by backs, if I'm not mistaken, it didn't really feel like they were handing the ball to backs. Yeah, and Miles Sanders uh, appeared to get injured uh, on the very first play of the game, and I, I think that kind of impacted things a little bit um, from that standpoint. And uh, like I said, the the I thought the, the linebackers, Bolton and Gay, both did a really good job of kind of muddying up uh, the reads there from an RPO standpoint and a zone read standpoint for Jalen Hurts on some of those. So uh, there were even a couple reads that Jalen you know kept the ball, and it was like they go for zero, zero yards or one yard where I thought, 
yeah, Kansas City did a really good job kind of locking things up. Um, you know, so you get into third and long, you get into third and eight, some third and 14s where Jalen's making some plays, and not every single one went the Eagles' way, but I, I think that um, you know Kansas City did a really good job of kind of shutting the door uh, on a lot of what the Eagles tried to do from a run game and, standpoint. And, and those two backers are fast. Bolton and Gay, I mean, you could really see the speed on tape. They, they are fast linebackers. I'm sure there were times where Jalen thought he had something, and then he didn't. You know, those guys are very reactive and they're very fast. Even at the uh, the second half, they ran that fake QB sneak, a little flip play to Miles Sanders in the flat, and you saw the speed from Bolton there to get out there, out leverage oh, Miles, yeah. and stop him. The stopping power on contact was really impressive uh, on that play as well. And I, I, I thought in the pass game they did a really good job. You could see they were very conscious of Chris Jones because Kelsey went to him almost every single time. There were times he had to double-check to make sure the Mike Bolton was not part of the pressure, uh, and then he immediately went to Jones. Uh, and really, Chris Jones was not really a factor in this game at all. No, well, we spent a lot of time talking about that. And really, honestly, both of them will get into this, but the, the pass rush on either side, uh, neither was particularly effective after being the two highest sacking teams uh, in the NFL. And, I, you know, you get into the playing surface and all that stuff, having a factor. Uh, no, that was a factor. Right. Yeah, no that question. That was a factor there. It's a lot, a lot of people were slipping. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, one of the other things that I, I jotted down, I thought the Eagles had a really good bead on a lot of the pressure schemes that uh, Kansas City had dialed up. You know, there was. Uh, and they had some really good play calls going into those pressures. There was that second and long, I think it was second and 10, um, where they ran the tight end screen to Goddard. Goddard slips out of the break. If he doesn't slip on that play, uh, he's still running, Greg. Uh, it was just a perfectly dialed up scheme uh, into the pressure. Um, and because he slipped, the timing was off a little bit. He ended up being, uh, he ended up getting tackled at the catch point for like three yards. But uh, Yeah, you know, I remember they, the play. Yeah, a lot they of those They ran play- it again later in the game. Yeah, it, it, again, it impacted both teams, both pass rushes. There was, uh, that, was that trap play that Jerry McKinnon got up to the second level and he slips and they ended up going for like six yards it could have gone for 16 right so both teams impacted there uh, certainly by the playing surface but um, yeah again just looking at the Eagles offense I, I thought it was just a really impressive outing uh, from that standpoint you look at Jalen Hurts AJ Brown uh, the tracking on that touchdown uh, from what my vantage point in the stadium um, it was the complete opposite end right so I'm looking caddy corner at the at where that ball was caught and when the ball left Jalen Tanner I was like oh like I don't know if Jalen if, uh, if AJ's going to be able to get this and he slows down just before the numbers and kind of squares up to the ball and then you see like the, the ball tracking, his ability to go and finish uh, was just really, really impressive on that play and then faced a ton of press coverage in the game as we talked about last week and was really good just defeating the jam over really and over Really good over against again. press coverage, really good. And you know, that Brown touchdown and you watch the tape, right? Because that ball should have gone to Smith, not to Brown um, because uh, Brown was actually really well covered and, and McDuffie just lost contact late but uh, uh, and then then he did the same thing later, and where he shouldn't have thrown the ball to Brown, and it should have been intercepted. But uh, on the forty-five yard touchdown, um, Brown made a great play because the ball should have gone to Smith. Yep, no question. It was a great play there um, from AJ Brown. Uh, yeah, I mean, offensively, I think that's probably uh, a, lot, a lot of what we saw on tape. Let's go over to the other side, and, and Greg, honestly. Um, you know, watching the defensive film, I watched it actually back down, back on the plane on the flight home um, to to Philly on Monday, and this was a masterclass from Andy Reid in terms of the use of pre-snap motion. Uh, to me, like if, if you are someone who likes pre-snap motion, you want that to be a part of your offense. All the pros you can list uh, to pre-snap motion. Andy Reid put that on display in this game, run game and pass game, uh, everything involved. It just felt like every single big play for the Chiefs, every notable play, had some kind of motion or shift uh, that led to the, the the play success. Yeah, and they do that. I mean, that's kind of what they do. 
So that's that's not really a surprise. I mean, this was a team that lived all year, the Eagles defense, on sacks and turnovers, and they didn't have either. Um, and it was a very odd game because, you know, in watching it back on tape, I didn't really feel like Patrick Mahomes was a big factor in the game other than a couple of plays. You know, it wasn't one of those games where you went, wow, Mahomes is just tearing them up. Um, you know, and as I was watching the tape, particularly in the second half, I was thinking to myself, when was the last time that the Eagles defense had to buck up physically and play the run in the second half? Yeah, it has not I don't been, know if they had to do that all season long. Not in a game where they were getting uh, you know, hit on the ground the way that they were in the second half. Yeah. Because right? we talked about that. That was a big um, topic of conversation after the first loss of the year against Washington. But you and I talked about that. It was like, yeah, but you know, Washington, it was a, a, it was a, a volume game where it was like three yards a carry, 2.8 yards a carry, whatever it was. Uh, in this game, you know, Kansas City, look, I, some of that was, you know, hey, third and one, they run that buck sweep from split back, right? It's like, all right, like that's, right, that's right. a really yeah, good play yeah, call, was, right? That's that's yeah. great. That's a great call. Um, you know, but there are some where it's hey, hey they're, they're running under center duo right, right, right off the teeth uh, of the Eagles defense, and you know they give up six, seven yards, and that's that's a tough deal to be able to come back from when the offense is able to do that time and time again. And it wasn't oh they're they're playing light boxes and they can't. The Eagles just just did not defend the run up front the way that we have expected to see from them most of the season. No, no, they, and and actually the uh, the run game by the. Um, Chiefs was very, very multiple. In very this much team. So, they did yes. a lot of different things. Yeah. So we saw, uh, you know, one of the big runs was like jet split zone, where you had jet sweep action with the split zone. So you had uh, the receiver going in motion, we'll say left to right, with the tight end going from left to right. And that just that messed the second and third level defenders up. And you had a bunch of misfits, uh, you know, in the run game that way. Uh, we, so we talked about duo. You saw the, some of the sweep action, some of the sweep plays. We saw some power. We saw obviously inside zone, outside zone. There was just a, there were a lot of different variations to what they were doing from a run game standpoint. And, um, you know, Pacheco ran well. McKinnon on some of those runs where, you know, it was, yeah. he was run to daylight. Hey, get to, get to the perimeter and out-leverage the defense. And he was able to do that uh, on a couple of occasions. And certainly that was something that really impacted the Eagles in this game. Because then when you go back, it was funny, like, you know, in this game especially, uh, being on the flight for five hours, I had a lot of time to, to kill uh, watching this film. And I was like, all right, let's just go back and see what the, the Eagles' defensive plan was for Travis Kelsey on third down. And then you go through all the reps and you're like, Man, there wasn't really a notable like third down drop back pass where like you you saw what the plan was for Kelsey because so many of the plays were third and one, third and two, third and three, where you know it's not like you're going to get into uh, your typical. All right, we're going to go four down with a light box and we're going to bracket uh, Kelsey because it was they got into um, some of those looks and, and ran the football, uh, and so I think it was uh, kind of interesting from that standpoint. Yeah, but early on you could see they didn't have a specific plan. They they kind of played their defense um, early on. Um, and again, the use of motion. Kelsey on the second possession had the 22-yard play, you know, which was a great example of formation, motion, play design. It got Kelsey open versus the Eagles cover four. Um, you know, so they, the Chiefs were really good doing those kinds of things. Um, and, and again, the motion element was a big, big factor in the game because it gets people to move. It gets their eyes, you know, in the wrong place. Um, it gets them to be a beat late in how they react. So motion, as you said, to start was such a major part of what the, the Chiefs did both in the run game and in the pass game. But it was a very odd game because, you know, Mahomes only threw for 182. I think he threw for, threw for something like 185 in the first half and 100 in the second half. So as I said to start, it wasn't really a Mahomes game. I mean, he made a couple of plays, obviously, that 26-yard run. 
on the final, you know, winning possession was a very big play, as was his 14-yard run as well, um, both in the second half on those touchdown drives. Um, and then the Eagles, you know, unfortunately had some mistakes in the, in the low red zone. Yeah, and that's the thing is that Kansas City, um, you know, they've been so good in the red zone all season long, especially uh, when they get down inside the 20. Their use of motion really spikes, right, in terms of what they were able to do um, to, uh, you know, to get after the Eagles. We saw that that, that same kind of play uh, twice in the fourth quarter to be able to get into the end zone uh, on the Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore touchdowns where they fake the jet motion and then pirouette back towards the original side. Uh, the Eagles kind of bumping their, their coverage over. And so uh, by the time they realized what happened, uh, the, the intended target was already wide yeah. open. Because, I mean, on that first one to Tony, which I thought was really interesting, um, their adjustment to that motion by Tony, which appeared to be across the formation motion, was Slay was going to pass off Tony to safety Gardner Johnson, and Slay was going to replace him as the post safety. But Slay took his eyes off Tony, uh, you know, because he was just trying to get, you know, obviously Gardner Johnson to react, and he was going to go replace him. And then Tony went in return motion, and because Slay took his eyes off him, Tony was wide open. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where it's not like, oh, you know, uh, Darius Slay blew the coverage, right? I, I think that that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up, too, is that, um, you know, just like it's just like everything else. We talk about this with, like, the Eagles with some of their empty sets, right? And the Eagles were really good out of empty uh, once again in this game, almost eight yards of play uh, out of empty. But, uh, you know, when you when you face uh, a certain set, a certain formation, a certain motion, whatever it is, uh, you know, your, your defense is going to react in one of a couple of ways. You're going to have different rules based off of that look. And so, uh, you know, jet action is one of those things where you know the the, the chiefs are, are really big with jet action so you're going to look all right how does the defense react when we put a receiver in motion this is what they do on film we're going to kind of test that early right. on in the game this is all right hey they're doing that all right now we run our change up off of that and it's again it's it's very similar to what the eagles will do out of empty or out of the rpo looks out of tempo uh, all those different things that you lean on as an offense you're trying to figure out how does the defense react and how can we attack that no question. Um, I thought on the second one, that one I thought Maddox did make a mistake. Both, guy, he just yeah, got both lost. guys bumped over. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Maddox got a little lost. But that first one to Tony, I think, was just an adjustment. And, you know, Slade just took his eyes off Tony because he just, based on film, you know, he made the, the, the film assumption that he was going to go across the formation with jet action. The second one, Maddox just got lost. Yeah, honestly, going into the game, you, you and I talked about this. We talked about this last week uh, with our various guests on the show. You know, going up against Patrick Mahomes, going up against Andy Reid, you, I th that's that's a tough offense to be able to say, hey, you know what? We're going to limit them to 21 points. We're going to win. We're going to win if we score 24, right? So, to me, you're going into that. You can't afford to to give them extra points. So you put extra points uh, on the scoreboard. So you have that fumble fumble uh, from Jalen Hurts on the QB run that gets brought back for a touchdown by Nick Bolton. You give up that 65-yard uh, long punt return uh, by Kadarius Toney, and that basically gives them a touchdown, gives them the ball inside the five-yard line. It's tough to beat a team like the Chiefs when you give them 14 points that way. And I think that that's uh, really was one of the big things from this game is that as well as the Eagles offense played, uh, just not enough to be able to overcome uh, you know, what, what you essentially gave Kansas City from the, with those two touchdowns. Yeah, and I mean, again, we talked about it to start. This was a defense that lived all season off sacks and turnovers, and they didn't have either against the Chiefs. I don't believe they blitzed a linebacker or a defensive back at any point in the game. Maybe I, maybe I missed a play here and there, but I don't believe they did. They didn't really create any negative plays, which has really been a calling card of this defense. Um, and, you know, it was just – it was a game that, that turned out to be where they needed something like that, and it just didn't happen. And then, as you said, with the turnover um, – 
which was a shame because Jalen Hurts played so well. And obviously that punt return, which was just a great return by Tony. Yeah, it was uh, something off there with the punt in terms of uh, uh, location of the ball or the coverage scheme. Like something there was off there uh, to lead to a 65-yard return um, where Tony had plenty of room to work. Um Real quick, Greg. I mean, the other big thing I, I, we we can you know keep talking about this game the more we want, but I feel like we've kind of touched on uh, a lot of the big things. Um, the, look, the Eagles. You know, we talked about the the continuity going into this season, right? Where uh, you know Jul- uh, Jalen Hurts gets to play with uh, the same offense for the first time since high school, and um, you know the defense. Oh, it's a, a lot of continuity. A lot of guys coming back. Uh, you know, the, the T.J. Edwards, the Marcus Epps, the Darius Slays, the Avante Maddox. Those guys understanding the scheme well. It looks like the Eagles are, are going to have to work in two new coordinators now for 2023. Yep. Shane Steichen uh, moving over to Indianapolis. Um, let's let's first talk about that. Uh, that is now official. Uh, Shane Steichen to the Colts. Um, what kind of a loss is that for the Eagles? And we'll see who they name offensive coordinator. So uh, you know, as of this recording on Tuesday afternoon, don't know the answer to that. But uh, I think when you look at um, you know the, the change of continuity, that's going to be a big storyline here for this Eagles offense going into next fall. You know, and, and again, you know, I don't know what they plan on doing. I personally would love to see the, the quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, get that job and then you maintain continuity because obviously he's been there the last two years and he certainly knows the offense. He knows the thought process. He knows how they go about it. He knows what, what Jalen Hurts is comfortable with. And Jalen is obviously now advanced to the point where, you know, he's he's a fine quarterback and you want him to feel comfortable with what you're running. And, you know, Brian Johnson understands that, understands how he works through a game understands Jalen's thought process, understands what Nick Sirianni wants to get done. So, again, you know, I think to me that makes sense. They'll make their own decision. Uh, You know, defensively, uh, I think defensively, as you and I have discussed before, there's probably going to be somewhat of a different look defensively, not only with who's calling the defensive signals, but they have so many free agents. And just in this era of football, they can't sign every single one. That's so, the thing. Yeah, you know, that's just not possible in the salary cap era. So, you know, that defense will look different. Yeah, I mean, the the Arizona Cardinals making an official just before we went to air that uh, Jonathan Gannon has been hired as their head coach, and so uh, the Eagles losing both their coordinators here the day or two days after, uh, you know, losing in the Super Bowl. Um, it's going to be a big adjustment on both sides of the football. We'll see who the new defensive coordinator is, but uh, as you alluded to, uh, this is a team that has a bunch of impending free agents here at the new league year, which is uh, you know about a month away, just under a month away. But you look at uh, Miles Sanders and uh, you know on offense you go over to the defensive side of the football Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham TJ Edwards Kaiser White uh you go to James Bradbury CJ Gardner Johnson Marcus Epps all of these players are all free agents and so this is going to be um you know a big spring an important spring uh obviously something that a lot of decisions that will need to be made with this roster but there's no question this team is going to look a lot different when they take the field this summer and I guess that's what makes Sunday's loss a tough one right is that um, yeah. you know you you had that opportunity it was there you were on the doorstep uh, to really capitalize and get a second Super Bowl in six seasons and you know knowing that this team was going to look so different uh, that's what makes Sunday such a tough pill to swallow but um, this no, is a team right. that has been saying a lot all the right things in terms of what they have to do to try and get back to that stage a year from now. No, and you, and you just named all those defensive players like we said we both know they can't sign them all so I mean they'll 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 prioritize to some degree, well, to, to a strong degree, and, and we don't know who they'll prioritize, but they will prioritize two or three of those guys that they hope they can sign, um, and then the others will be gone. And, uh, again, we don't know, you know, in-house, will they look to to, to keep an, an in-house uh, defensive coordinator? Will they look to get out, go outside? We, we don't know the answer to that. You know, to me, 
it, it, Jalen Hurts is the more important player here because, we, you know, he's proven that he's a top-level NFL quarterback. He had a great Super Bowl, and, uh, you know, you want to make sure that he's a truly comfortable quarterback as he continues to grow. You know, keep in mind, he's only played three years in this league. This was his third season, only his second as a full-time starter. So you want him to continue to grow, continue to feel comfortable. So that, to me, is number one. But still, this defense was really, really good. And obviously, the, the Super Bowl did not play out that way for the defense. But, you know, obviously, they had a record-setting year. And it's going to look totally different. And there'll be a lot of new players. Yeah, and I- that's the, I think you know one of the things you could take from that is you know looking saying okay well if you have the quarterback question answered with Jalen Hurts you know what else can we do to continue to allow him to improve both schematically and from a personnel standpoint yeah. so uh, that will be a big discussion point here in the coming weeks and something you and I will continue to break down here uh, on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast but uh, Greg for uh, for more analysis from you uh, I want to make sure I tell our listeners here on Eagle Eye in the Sky that you'll be able to catch Greg weekly over on the Journey to the Draft podcast. Greg and I will be talking about uh, six players every single week that Greg has had a chance to study. He's already begun his study for the 2023 NFL Draft, uh, as have I. So we'll be doing it every single week over on the Journey to the Draft podcast. Remember, the Eagles right now have the number 10 pick and now also have the number 30 pick in this draft. And so uh, a lot of opportunity here for the Eagles to add some quality players to this roster, uh, which will be necessary considering what we just finished talking about uh, with the impending turnover on uh, both sides of the football. So, uh, Greg, really appreciate the time uh, all season here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you uh, later this week over on Journey. Thanks, Fran. All right, great stuff there from Greg. Thanks to him and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you here in the coming weeks. Uh, obviously, the, going into the offseason, uh, things are going to kick up from a draft standpoint, so you can check us out over on the Journey to the Draft podcast, where uh, starting next week, that will kick back into our flow of two episodes a week. But I, you know, with Eagle Eye in the Sky, we will continue churning out episodes. Uh, I'll be hunting down interviews and uh, trying to catch up with coaches and former players, current players uh, all across the NFL. Ben and I will be breaking down some things uh, as well here on the feed. So stay subscribed right here to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We'll talk to you soon.